You're listening to another episode of the Zag. Eric Soap here. We're doing our first ever three-person Zag. Excited to be joined by 2019 NLC Kentucky fellow Carly Mutertis is here, along with a guest, Maddie Shepard. They're going to talk to us a little bit about Carly's capstone project and what she's been working on for the last year or so since her fellowship ended. Stay tuned. You're going to enjoy this one. Let's get to it. All right, Carly, start with you. So you have a book coming out. Give folks a scoop on what it's about and why you decided to put a book out. Yeah, my co-author and I, Maddie Shepard, wanted to write a book to really showcase some of the voices in state history that we often don't hear about. Both Maddie and I uh, grew up in Kentucky and didn't really have a, a broad or inclusive understanding of Kentucky history. We knew of some of the, the big players in terms of Daniel Boone and Henry Clay. But beyond that, we recognized that our understanding of state history was very, very limited. Uh, Maddie and I are both former teachers. She taught elementary school and I taught social studies at the high school level. And working at the University of Kentucky, I've also come into contact with a lot of uh, elementary school teachers who said the same thing. There weren't a lot of great resources on on Kentucky history beyond some of those uh, white men that we've heard about. So they were really hungry for a more inclusive story of Kentucky. And likewise, my research at the University of Kentucky has revolved around civic engagement and civic learning. So I came at this idea wanting to tell a story, tell the multiple stories of Kentucky women past and present so that uh, young Kentucky students would have civic leaders that they could not only contextualize within this larger story of Kentucky, but also have heroes that they can identify with and that they can model their own actions after. So uh, I brought in Maddie uh, to help write this, this book that is going to profile Kentucky women civic leaders of the past and present. And each page will also include an artistic rendering of the woman, uh, each one done by a different Kentucky female artist. It all sounds great. Matt, I was going to ask you, because I know you're you're coaching teachers, you're supporting teachers. When you have a new uh, book like this, or you want to help folks who are in the classroom get to a different approach than maybe how they're doing subject matter, how do you usually think that through? And how are you going to persuade teachers to, to consider this book? Uh, well, my job is very much about listening, and, and one of the things that, that teachers commonly report uh, is something that, that Carly talked about. Um, our, our state has recently passed new social studies standards that call for a more inclusive curriculum, and we're used to um, resources, textbooks, curriculum materials, uh, where, where the story of, of a woman or you know, even that of a Kentucky woman is in the left-hand corner, you know, of <laughs> chapter six, and that's that's really the only exposure that we get to to the stories of of civic leaders that, like Carly said, aren't aren't white men. Um, so when their new social studies standards passed, that was kind of an impetus for a lot of teachers to say, "Hey, 
we're, we're, we are really behind this idea of teaching a more inclusive story of Kentucky, but we don't have the resources in which to do it. And so uh, the teachers are, are now asking for um, resources around uh, things that, that, you know, weren't, weren't a part of the playbook before. And so in supporting teachers, you know, we're listening to them. This, they're saying this is what uh, they need. So that was part of the impetus. Um, and then also teaching uh, teachers specific strategies. You know, we, we don't really think about some of the, the little things that happen in a classroom, the way that we talk about something, the way that we word something, uh, the way that our, our own implicit biases come into the equation. And so helping teachers recognize those things so that, so that we ourselves, in addition to the resources, can be as unbiased and inclusive as we possibly can when lifting up um, all of the stories that make the bluegrass great. When we come back, we'll hear a little bit more about the, the origin of the book and how it's tied into NLC. Thanks for listening to this episode. We'll be right back. Yeah, Carly, like I mentioned in the intro, you're a 2019 fellow, and one of the yeah. features of the Institute is something called a capstone project, which allows fellows a chance to, to kind of take a crack at a, a big project or maybe a, a life change that they want to pursue. But for you, this sounds like the, the book was that very idea. Can you kind of walk folks briefly through how this all came to be? Yeah. So before uh, I, I joined the NLC class, I had thought of this idea just based upon um, the the idea of bringing and elevating women's stories to the forefront of historical study. Uh, a colleague of mine in Iowa had created a similar book, and it was really inspiring to me. So when I started NLC, this idea was in the back of my head. Um, but uh, when I was determining my capstone, I had probably like half a dozen different ideas uh, that I was thinking about pursuing. Um, and when I talked to my, my fellows class about this idea, they were very enthusiastic. Uh, I'm in the Kentucky chapter, so we have uh, fellows who are from all over the state. And when I talked about this idea of telling the stories of Kentucky women, there was an enthusiasm uh, around all of it because many of them had grown up in Kentucky and experienced the same thing. They didn't feel like state history uh, really reflected their experiences. The people they could identify often didn't look like them. So how can we, as a, a class, bring these, these ideas and these stories to the forefront? So with, with the NLC class, uh, they were incredibly helpful just in terms of thinking about these questions in terms of content, in terms of inclusion uh, that I needed to be thinking about, as well as the logistics in making this a reality. And that's what I was going to ask on the logistic part, and maybe Maddie, you can chime in if you have some some insights on this too. But you know, for me as a as a former teacher and, and having had so many really good children's books in my library for the kiddos, there were definitely times as I was doing read-alouds, I wondered how how this actually came to be in terms of the publishing process and getting an idea onto a page and then getting that page into a bound book and getting that book then into my hands in front of 34th graders. Uh, you know, what, what's been the surprising part of, of trying to get the, the book launched and to, to kind of have the machine of the bookmaking process uh, and, and, and trying to figure that out? 
A, a big part of it that uh, I hadn't anticipated was the the fundraising aspect of it. Um, unless you are a, a more well-known person, that likely you are going to have to be a part of that that fundraising to help offset costs. Um, we knew from the beginning that we wanted to have commissions for uh, the artists who participated in this. We didn't we didn't expect free labor, so we anticipated fundraising for the artists, but not the all the other uh, components that we had to take into account in the production aspect of it. Yeah, I would agree with uh, with Carly. Most of the the editing pieces, the the, the decision making with our publisher and some of the the timeline pieces, I think we both kind of expected, but uh, that fundraising piece, I would just echo what Carly said, was was something that I just didn't really even think about, let alone anticipate. And we lucked out, and we found uh, a, a publisher in Louisville who has been very supportive of us and very very patient with all of our questions. <laughs> uh, and likewise, we have really tried to capitalize on our networks to talk to a variety of different people to learn more about their experiences in publishing, whether children's books or other kind of um, other kind of books. So that has been definitely unexpected, but really something that I know we've both learned a lot about. And then last thing, if folks want to support y'all in the, the fundraising efforts or want to stay aware of when the book is out and they can get it, what's the best way to do that? Uh, they can visit our website, which is bluegrassbold.com. And on that website, they can find information not only about Maddie and I and our backgrounds, uh, they can find uh, a whole list of all the women that we're including. Uh, we have a call for artists. If there are any, um, any, any listeners out there who have Kentucky ties uh, and want to be one of the artists. And then we also have a support us page that links to information about sponsorships for this book. Um, ultimately, our main purpose for this book is to have it in the hands of young people. So uh, we, we really hope that we can not only bring that idea to Kentucky classrooms, but also classrooms around the country who, who want to be inspired by people that are in their own backyards. Love it. Well, listen, folks, definitely check that out. We'll put that info in the episode description for this one. So definitely check that out. And thanks so much for joining us on the Zag. Thanks for listening. And of course, make sure to catch out all past Zag episodes. Don't forget, we have a bunch of bonus episodes that went up the last couple of weeks featuring our 2020 NLC Institute fellows and our 2020 NLC LA Engaged fellows. Don't want to miss those. They're short and sweet. You can have the the insight into who's in our classes this year. Definitely support them. So get all those podcasts and all the places you usually do, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, they're all there. And until next time, we'll catch you soon.